Let the Right Films In, a podcast about the IMDb's top 250 movies. I am your host, Rachel Solando number one, Tyler Hannon, and with me, as always, is Rachel Solando number two, Kayla St. Ange. Hey. And it's just us this week. Just the two of us. No guests at all. Just the two of us. How, <laughs> how are you feeling about it just being the two of us again, Kayla? Um... Well, I hate you, and so it's, like, really hard for... I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just man. kidding. Oh, okay. man. No, it's it's nice, actually, especially since we're uh, having kind of a loosey-goosey night, so it's pretty fun. We're having a good time. A loosey-goosey night and a loosey-goosey fall. I do want to point out, before we get into anything, that we constructed a blanket fort in my apartment to record <laughs> in to muffle the sound. And it's actually amazing. I okay. wasn't sold on it at I just, first. It's we're goddamn professionals, <laughs> is what it comes down we're to. We're also drinking wine out of a juice box. Oh my god! <laughs> just sell us out completely. <laughs> just sell us out right from the get go. Has that not been my mo? You the know, entire podcast. No, it is like every <laughs> podcast. Just here's everything that's happening behind the scenes. But you know what? We're in a goddamn blanket fort. So you know what? They we're wish they fine. were in a blanket fort. Really, that is the ideal listening conditions for this podcast, is just being in a blanket for Yeah, actually, if everybody could pause the episode right now and go make a blanket for it. It's amazing. All you need are two loveseat couches, chairs, recliners, lazy boys, whatever you want to call it. Recliner and lazy boy are the same thing. Yeah, whatever you want to call your thing, as long as you have two pieces of furniture that you can drape a blanket over... You have a blanket fort. It's just that you might be kind of intimate with it, whoever you're creating the blanket fort with, if you all you have are chairs. Kayla and I have a love seat and a couch, so basically a two-seater and a three-seater. So thankfully, I can keep some space between us because gross. Uh, blanket <laughs> forts are awesome, but let's keep on track. <laughs> blanket forts are everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> But are we going to talk about what we've watched recently, Kayla? Yes, we are. I have so many interesting things to say. So last week, I went with my friend Ramia to see the movie The Intern. And you may remember Ramia from a long time ago because I mentioned that she always picks movies that, like, I wouldn't necessarily choose to see in theaters. Like, I saw Age of Adeline in theaters with Ramia. So we went to The Intern and, like... My problem with that movie, like, I I really en- I really enjoyed that movie. I just want to throw that out there. It was actually surprisingly good. But it was, like, feel good to the point of nausea. Like, literally, the problem in the movie is that Anne Hathaway's character is so perfect that no one can keep up with her. Like, her flaw is that she's too amazing. So it's real life Anne Hathaway. I mean, yeah, but, like, ugh. So, and, like, it's all, like, I don't know. I was having a good time because it's a pretty funny movie and, like, it just makes you feel good, and, like, the characters are genuinely good people, but, like, there was this scene about halfway through where Anne Hathaway gets drunk at a bar, and she gives this whole speech about how, like, oh, what about the men? Like, we went from having, like, these gentlemen, oh. like, Jack Nicholson and blah, 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 and now we grew up during the take your, water to, take your daughter to work day oh. movement, and uh, so, like, the men just got left behind, and I'm like, is that, is that what happened? I don't think that's what happened. I think the men are probably fine. Oh. Are we? I'm a gender studies major, so... I was having a really good time, and that kind of took me out for a minute, but then the feel-goodness kicked back in. Yeah. And also, I don't know, it's just like, I'm tired of Hollywood movies that, like, make these amazing women characters, and then, like, punish them for being so amazing. Like, Anne Hathaway is, like, trying to have it all. Like, she's got a husband and a job, this, like, amazing startup company and a kid and yada yada. And, of course, her husband cheats on her because she's too busy all the time. And it's, like, then at the end he's, like, I'm sorry, I made this I'm sorry, I'm just spoiling this entire movie. But, like, fuck, none of you were going to go see this, I'm sure. (laughs) So, They were really stoked (laughs) on the intern, Kayla. I mean, it's, it's so predictable. It's such a predictable movie. I didn't even have to tell you. Yeah, so, like, at the end, he, like, comes in, he's like, I'm so sorry, I messed up, and blah, blah, and she's just like, okay, and they, like, hug, and I'm like, really? Like, you're not gonna get mad at him, or, like, hit him, or be like, fuck you, I have my amazing, successful startup company, I don't fucking need your cheater ass? Like, I just, I don't know. 
But yeah, so I watched <laughs> The Intern. <laughs> Tyler, what did you watch? <laughs> well, I watched a few things. I watched Late Phases. Actually, this movie is fascinating. The Late Phases is a werewolf movie where the main character is a blind veteran who is kind of placed in this home by his son and his son's wife. It's more of a community than a a home. But uh, he moves in and immediately a woman is murdered. His next door neighbor is murdered by a werewolf. And he picks up on it right away. He's like, hold on, it's the full moon? And my neighbor was torn to pieces by an animal. Well, let's just uh, do a little addition here. Fuck werewolves. Jesus. <laughs> so he puts it together and everyone else is just like, oh, this neighborhood keeps quiet. This neighborhood is just like, that's what they do. And so the you kind of have a training montage of him just this old blind veteran preparing for werewolves. And... So the werewolf makeup and everything, the costume, is it's fine. It's not great. This movie is, in many ways, fine, but not great. But I do want to say, uh, the performance in this movie by... Hold on, I have to look up his name, because I really want to give him credit. The character's name is Ambrose, but it's played by Nick Dimitri. Nick Dimitri is so so good in this movie Nick Dimitri is this is a B like a B movie all the way a total schlock monster movie where an old blind veteran fights off werewolves and somehow kills them it's ridiculous but Nick Dimitri as this old blind veteran is so so good he we are not the type to side with like not that we hate veterans. I don't want to say that. We support our military. But the 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 uh, grumpy old man who's just like, fuck you, young kids. That, we're not totally on board with that. We're like, chill out. But Nick Dimitri as Ambrose is so incredible. There is so much soul and so much depth to his character in this movie you really feel everything he has lived. And so he is very gruff with his son, but he loves his son so much at the same time. And it's actually, this movie is so much deeper than it has any right to be. It should be a fun, schlocky movie. But he is so good as Ambrose that it gives this movie a certain amount of depth that doesn't totally fit but is very soulful at the same time. And he's also in a couple other movies, Stakeland, which is a great vampire movie, Cold in July, which is a James Franco movie. He's he's also in We Are What We Are. He's in a bunch of great indie horror movies that are worth checking out. And I imagine, just as in this one, he is part of the reason that those are so good. Uh, on to a, a couple other movies. I saw The Loft. It's a bunch of... Rich white guys who buy an a, a loft to cheat on their wives together with, and it's Yay! yeah, it's a bunch of pretty white boys who are having trouble because a pretty white girl is dead in their apartment. It's everything interesting about this movie is drained of its interest by just the really standard direction of it all. Carl Urban and James Marsden are like fine in it and they're so so beautiful so beautiful but it's also spoilers kind of gross how the slightly gay one is the evil one who is punished in the end there's and actually just, okay so this is actually a whole thing it's called queer coding yeah. and what it is is where you can have a, it, it harkens back to like the early days of like pulp fiction and stuff like that where you could have like a gay character Mm -hmm. but eventually they would have to be punished for it so to speak so like you can have the character but in the end something bad has to happen to them yeah so he's not expressly uh a queer character he uh wentworth miller the main guy from prison break he's also in arrow as captain cold uh he's the ultimate bad guy quote-unquote in the end although he does have some mitigate there are some mitigating factors basically 
He watches Carl Urban have sex a lot. Like, again, spoilers. Totally spoiling this movie. But, like, it's not that great of a It's movie. a remake of a Dutch movie from, like, it's eight years ago. It's not that great. But basically, like, he watches him have sex a lot, even though he's totally straight. He goes nuts. God, it's just such a... It could be an interesting premise, but it's just, like, all these boring, pretty white guys being boring and pretty and white. And, oh, my God... It's so hard for them to cheat on their wives. Why would some, one of them mess up cheating on their wives? Like, it's, oh, whatever. It's not. It, it's there. It's on Netflix, but it's not really worth your time unless you just want to look at how beautiful Carl Urban and James Marsden are. And honestly, I can't blame anyone. That's, like, the only valuable part of that movie. Anyways. You know they're not as beautiful as? Well, Kayla, let's. Uh, I don't know if we have anything for the Chris Evans corner this week, but let's they're go. not as beautiful as Chris Evans. Okay, and that's been the Chris Evans corner. And uh, <laughs> I also watched the Overnight, starring Adam Scott, Taylor Schilling, Jason Schwartzman, and a uh, French actress whose name I do not know off the top of my head. I apologize. It was filmed in uh, Adam Carolla's house, which is a very odd thing. It's it's another uh, mumblecore type movie. Think like Noah Baumbach, that kind of type of thing, where it's very low stakes. It's about just like middle aged people living their lives, discovering things, dis- uh, fleshing out their relationships with each other. It's it's worth a shot. It's like again, it's intentionally low stakes. There's not a whole lot going on, but if you're into entertaining middle-aged people figuring out their lives with each other and if you really like Adam, uh, Adam Scott's face or Jason Schwartzman's giant dick in that movie oh it's worth checking out he has <laughs> tossed that in there listen Cash. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually the size of his dick but J- Jason Schwartzman is a giant dick in that movie we have the explicit tag for a reason and that movie makes a very very so like it is it intentionally points out it's just like hey jason swordsman you have a giant dick and that's a plot point it is a plot point in the movie wow mm-hmm. amazing okay mm-hmm. all right but well. also Ad- <laughs> but also the actors are all very delightful in it because they got a bunch of delightful middle-aged actors together to be delightful and middle-aged and also spoilers but it explores bisexuality a bit which is Yay! something we are very supportive here yes. exploring your bisexuality it's a nice little movie. And also, we watched a ton of Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is incredible. It is, like, the most real family show you'll watch Truly in a long time. A <laughs> it is a gift. Uh, it is, like, Parks and Rec, but in animated family form. Just appreciate it. Watch it. Uh, we also watched some episodes of Parks and Rec because I am literally constantly always rewatching Parks and Rec. 100% so. true. Well, I was having a rough time. I had a rough month. It has been a rough month all around, Kayla. Let's, this is true. It all is right, 100% so, true. That's what we've watched. We'll let Tyler take back over the hosting duty. Oh, is it? Am I hosting? Are you? I, I <laughs> like a little bit, but we'll get into it. So our movie this week is Shutter Island. Give you a briefing about the institution. All I know is it's a mental hospital. But the criminally insane. Gentlemen, welcome to Shutter Island. We haven't heard the truth once yet, but no one will talk. It's like they're scared of something. It's all down, all the lines, even radio. Whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. We need to ask you some questions, okay? somewhere okay so shutter island is the 2010 film by martin scorsese legendary american filmmaker it stars it, it is an a-list cast leonardo dicaprio mark ruffalo ben kingsley max von Sydow, michelle williams emily mortimer jack Earl haley we're getting the less known actors but they are very worthwhile it's basically a star-studded cast a legendary director doing this horror movie 
It actually was also very successful too. It ended up uh, until Wolf of Wall Street. It was Martin Scorsese's highest international box office of all time. It made eight million dollars more in the foreign box office than The Departed, which gave it. It just nudged out The Departed for being his biggest film internationally of all time until The Wolf of Wall Street came out and blew it out of the water. And I gotta say, Kayla, that's kind of insane because this movie's not good. Oh my god. Okay, I was literally just listening to this whole spiel and being like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> here's the thing. the This movie was originally slated for an October 2009 release right in the heart of box office season. But then the studio, Paramount Studios... Uh, they pushed it back to February of 2010, and the reasons they gave, they said, well, you know, Leonardo isn't available to promote it internationally. It'd be like $50 million to promote it for Oscar season, and you know, the the economy isn't that great right now, so maybe by the time February of 2010 rolls around, the, the economy will bounce back a little bit. And they were justified in all that, but you know what I think? I think this movie... They just realized this movie sucked and they didn't want to push it for Oscars because it wasn't going to win any. You know, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I really liked this movie the first time I saw it. It was actually, okay, so this was actually the first R-rated movie that I was legally able to see in theaters. Ooh. I was on... R-rated. Yeah, I know. I Scandalous. Was, <laughs> I, was, I was a senior in high school and... We were going to Indianapolis with my concert choir as, mm-hmm. like, a tour kind of deal. And we had a day off, so we stopped and went to these malls. And we just didn't feel like going around the mall. And there was a movie theater attached to it. And Shutter Island was the only thing playing. And it's funny because I specific- – this has nothing to do with the actual movie, but I remember oh – my God. But I just remember that, like, the whole time I really had to go to the bathroom and this whole movie is running water. The whole movie is running water. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Well, I hate to tell you about next week's movie, Alien, <laughs> but there's a lot of running water in that Space? spaceship. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, I remember really liking this movie and thinking that it was really, like, crazy twist and, oh, my God, so amazing. But we rewatched oh, – I watched it the other night, and Tyler kind of watched it, and then we finished it. We rewatched part of it the next day, and – it's just so goofy. It's just such a goofy movie. And the green screens are terrible for all God, the driving scenes. the green scenes. screen is so I just, bad. And like, I just don't understand because I know that there are movies from that exact same year that they don't look that bad. So I wonder if it's like a stylistic choice or what is going on there. So uh, Martin Scorsese says in an interview that he takes some inspiration from uh, Val Luton. A, he's kind of like a legendary pres- producer from the 40s and 50s of like these uh, zombie B movies that are kind of schlocky. And here's the thing. So like this whole movie is Martin Scorsese trying on this like B movie horror thing. My problem with it is I love cheesy B horror movies. Like I really enjoyed We Are Still Here, which is basically a cheesy B horror movie. And among other things. This whole movie felt like Martin Scorsese trying on like these different, like he's trying on these different clothes. He's like, you know, I'm going to try out this schlocky B horror thing. And it just doesn't work throughout. I just never believe this movie. It's how Francis, it's like how Francis Ford Coppola has apparently gone fucking crazy recently. He made that Twix movie. It just feels like he's playing dress. Like the whole time I'm watching him, like it feels like we're playing dress up. And Martin Scorsese says he's trying out this thing, and it's not working. It just uh, there. Th- this movie generally got positive reviews. It's in the two fifty. Like uh, I think some people just forgave it because it's Scorsese, and it's supposed to be schlocky. So like that's why. See, here's that's the thing though: the is like a Scorsese it. movie isn't schlocky. That's for the like. I can't think of any. Of I his don't other understand. Unless, why this guy like, got if reviews. you want to count Wolf of Wall Street, but Wolf of Wall Street isn't schlocky. It's like intentionally humorous and absurd. Yeah. So I just don't. For me, it didn't feel so much like he was playing dress up. I just, I have to wonder if like the source material was weak. Or we should say this is adapted from a novel. 
Uh, it was battered around for, between two studios for a little while. It went to Columbia Pictures and then to Phoenix Pictures before finally getting made. But it just seems so weird that this that this is a Scorsese movie. And that Le- they got Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo and all these people involved. And it's just, in the end, what it ended up being was a February horror movie that cleaned up because it just happened to not be a total piece of shit like most of the stuff released You know, see, I don't even necessarily think it's a horror movie. Like, there are definitely moments that kind of make you jump. Like, I don't know. Okay, so let me look at my notes really quick because there were, like, things that I liked. That's th- it was just nothing like clicked all the way so So, like for a positive thing um the color palette which is something i've mentioned before is something that usually really pops out for me in movies the color palette in this movie is gorgeous since especially because you're mostly dealing with like gray stormy oceans and stuff yeah but for the most part it's a very it's a visually very striking movie and regardless of how goofy the scenes are god so goofy you still like can't deny that martin scorsese knows how to set a scene and make it look good like the scene for instance where leo is smoking a cigar and he has a hallucination of the person he thinks is rachel solando covered in blood Asking him for help with the children or yep, whatever. That's a, that that's scene was like that. That was probably for me like the best scene in the movie because it stuck out. It was striking. Also, while we're saying something about like good striking scenes, Jack Errol Haley as George Noyce when he's in the cell, mm-hmm. which like Jack Errol Haley, God, he was part of that terrible, terrible Nightmare on Elm Street remake, but it was not his fault. I really liked him as Freddy, and I really liked him in this movie. I thought he was really good. But that's the problem with this movie. There are a couple really good, really freaky scenes, but the rest just doesn't work. And I I can't even totally pinpoint why. It just... I'm super bummed, too, because when we decided on this movie, because we kind of had to decide this episode on the fly, mm, um, I was kind of excited because I remembered really liking this movie. And Same I just here. was really confused while I was watching it because I just didn't understand how young me could have such poor taste <laughs> apparently it's really baffling how much this movie doesn't work that's the thing it's like there's just so many it's like really cobbled together like you get thrown in right in the middle of leo and mark ruffalo going to the island and like with no explanation you're just on the boat suddenly which by the way um okay, i'll get to that in a minute i guess but so okay so you were just thrown into that we're thrown into this case that they're supposedly investigating and then you just have like all of this random world war ii dachau imagery thrown in where leo was like a soldier dude that feels so manipulative the world war ii stuff it might work better in the book but in the movie it feels totally extraneous and very manipulative it's just it makes no sense it's like oh look at all these dead jews and then he kills all these ss soldiers and it doesn't fit at all it feels so manipulative i felt so dirty during all those scenes yeah and i just like they're all just like randomly interspersed too like there's no rhyme or reason it's just like well we're having a dachau flashback now it's just happening and that's supposed to be why he's so messed up or at least he thinks he's messed up because of that it gets complicated and we'll talk about that more later but part of the reason he's messed up is supposed to be because he thinks he was part of this whole massacre of german guards and it just that doesn't work, so that makes the rest of it not work as well. Because yeah. these flashbacks, whether they're real or not, is are just God. They're they they feel like they're from another movie. Like the X Men movies' use of Magneto being in concentration camps is more subtle and more effective than this movies. And those are comic book superhero movies. No <laughs> yeah. offense to comic book superhero Another movies. Another thing that I think really hurts this movie is that Leo gives a really good performance, but the problem is that he gave exactly the same performance in Inception, which was a much better movie. But, but looked was, the same and sounded the same. It's literally, he literally is playing the same character. And I don't know if he just like had to call in a favor for Scorsese because they're <laughs> bros. Or if he just was really feeling the whole can't get over my dead wife thing that year (laughs) or what. But it's just 
every scene is just super reminiscent of Inception, super reminiscent of all the stuff with Maul, and I just, I don't understand how that happened in the same year. Also, he's giving his all in those scenes, and it just doesn't fit. Like, this movie is not the same movie as Inception. It is like, like I said, it feels like a B movie, except there are these moments that are like, because of Scorsese and because of Leo, they feel like 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 moments from a really good movie, whereas the rest of this feels really cheesy. It's so slapdash. And he is not playing cheesy in this role. He is playing like he is a he's Leo going for an Oscar. Like Leo's always going for an Oscar, and he's going for an Oscar in this movie. He is acting his tail off, and that's not what this role needs. Yeah, I think, honestly, the, the issue with this movie is that I think it suffers from a total lack of subtlety overall. <laughs> Sorry, subtlety? What is that? Well, because, like, there's so much ridiculous foreshadowing. Like, when they're coming into God. the camp, when they're coming into the camp, Leo oh. points out the electric fence. And, and the doctor's like, oh, like, do you recognize that? And he's like, yeah, I've seen something like it before. And I'm just really, like... Obviously, okay, so if somehow you don't know by now, the twist at the end is that... We should get to that, yeah. Yeah, so the twist at the end is that Leonardo DiCaprio's character is actually crazy and is a patient there, and he was Andrew Latest the whole time, and Teddy Daniels is his, like, split personality, which, by the way, the way that movies use split personalities as a plot (sighs) device, like, split personality is not... It's not how it works. It's also not even, like, really a thing. No. It's very much like a almost always a coached psychiatric response Ugh. in therapy, but that is neither here nor there. And, like, they try to do all these things to legitimize the split personality and, like, legitimize that ending, but, like, they do a whole bunch of purposeful continuity errors. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where they're interviewing a patient, and she asks for a glass of water, and she drinks from an empty hand, and then sets a glass down in the next take. It's very unsettling, and like, I don't feel like they do the continuity er- er- errors regularly enough. It for just, it they to just really look work. like actual continuity errors. Yeah, it doesn't they look just like a look like element. They just look. They take you out of the movie, and they just look fucked up. And it's not actually a way that actually unsettles you. It, wasn't there there was one that you noticed that I had to explain like that that was what they were doing? Uh Jackie Earl the Jackie Earl Haley scene. Like when they looked at Jackie Earl Haley when he was talking and it was like the back of Leo's head, he had his hand over his head. Just like Jackie Earl Haley had his hand on his head as he was explaining. And then it would uh switch to Leo talking, so it would be the back of Jackie Earl Haley's head and like Leo's face, but his hand would be down. There'd be no hand up there. And it it was just distracting more than anything else. Those continuity errors, like yeah. I'm a big fan. Like I really enjoy like stupid flourishes like that that make things seem weird. But they just seemed just so clumsy in this movie. Like like so much of this movie seemed like um like almost like a film school thing. Like the kind of shit I would do if I made my <laughs> first movie, you know, and. It's just baffling that this came from a master of the craft and some of our best actors. I Which, just... Like, you pointed out to me that Michelle Williams, in like, when they filmed this in, like, 2008 or whatever, was not the Michelle Williams of today. But, God, I hope Michelle Williams got a good paycheck from that because Michelle Williams is so much better than the role she had in this fucking movie. I just, yeah, okay, so I want to throw this out there Blue Valentine was later that year. My Week with Marilyn was the next year. Like, a lot of that stuff came after, but, like, God, she's so much better than this bullshit role. Yeah, and okay, so here's the thing is that I want to throw this out here because I've been thinking about this a lot the past couple of days. So, Andrew Latus is in this insane asylum for murdering his wife because she drowned their children. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I will. But I believe that, like, I just don't understand how Guy shoots his wife for committing a heinous crime. Like, why is he in a mental institution for two years? Like, why? That is not fleshed out at all. I just am curious as to how we went from him, like, being really sad that this happened to him suddenly fracturing his personality in half because he, like, can't deal with killing his wife. But, like, he 
knew that his it's wife pretty was de- loose. He knew that his wife was manic depressive. He knew that stuff like shit was gonna happen. He knew that she had set their apartment on fire. Yeah. So I just am really confused as to how we get from he does that because he feels like because she okay. So she asks him. She asks him specifically, "Set me free," because she hates living like that. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that um, there's, like, a bug living inside of her head, crawling around. Mm -hmm. So he knows what's up with her, and he knows that killing her is, like, what she wants and, like, what will, like, free her, basically, from having to live this horribly mentally ill life, which I also feel a type of way about because it's not that horrible to live with. Like, I mean, it is horrible to live with depression, but, like... Yeah. It's it's... not, like, it's... I don't know. that's, That's a whole other discussion, but... So my issue is that he knows this and he knows that killing her is ostensibly the quote unquote right thing to do. Yes. So how do we get from that to I've been in a mental institution for two years, but I don't remember any of it because I split my personality in half and they let me do this ridiculous role play exercise where they let me run around the fucking (laughs) island with Mark Ruffalo and pretend to be a detective. I also don't remember my primary care. Like, okay, how does he not? Speaking of which, Mark Ruffalo is totally, for as much as he's in this movie the whole time, like, did we really need Mark Ruffalo for this? He literally just, like, pops in and out of existence. He's like, yeah, boss. Sorry, boss. I was just right over there, boss. How's it going, boss? Just the fucking, oh, my God. I don't know. And I just, like, also, that's the other thing that is so fucking absurd about this movie. Like, that's the point of the character, but it's still, like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. (laughs) I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like scrunched up in a corner here because I'm so upset about this movie. (laughs) So, like, here's the other thing. In what world oh, God. is your last resort as oh. a psychiatric professional to be like, let's just let him fucking run around the island and maybe assault some people? They have staked their reputation on this overly complicated. I guess it's so, like literally at any moment it oh. could go wrong and he could flip out and kill someone because he realizes what's happening. And God. it's like, I also just find it so ridiculous that he doesn't remember his primary physician for the past two years. Like, what is, like, what kind of mental illness is he supposed to have? A very undefined one. Like, you know, crazy people are crazy, <laughs> Kayla. They're just, just so crazy, just, those crazy whole, people. So, like, on top of this completely batshit crazy premise, Ugh. inside of the crazy batshit premise, like, you have all these people that have supposedly just signed off on this and are like, yep, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Here's the, like, that's the thing is, like, on like on a very basic like so like a straight ahead like supposedly obeying the rules of nature movie like this movie doesn't work at all and it doesn't work on a B movie level either like it's just in some it's in some nether realm between the levels of total campiness and like actual straightforward like Oscar level like or aspiring for Oscar level straightforwardness and just like totally fails at everything that's why I say it feels like he's pretending the whole time like he's trying on the like he's trying on a new pair of pants like he's trying on this Val Luton way of making movies and it just doesn't fucking work at all I don't it's so strange and like even it's a like, baffling movie so yeah so for me the only way that this movie even can be redeemable is if we assume, because there's like a whole debate about whether or not he was actually oh crazy God. the whole time. So the only way for me personally that this movie becomes even slightly interesting or workable is that they made up this whole Andrew Latest bullshit and Teddy Daniels was real and he was actually about to discover some like Nazi experimentation shit. But, like, even then, like, if you look at all of, like, the hints they put throughout the movie, like, all of the foreshadowing and all of the hints could go either way, but also don't really make sense for either alternate, like, way that you choose to interpret it. Like, the whole double Rachel Solando thing. Like, I understand that, like, one is the fake one and one is the real one, but, like, if he just is crazy and hallucinated it, but, like, he, like, what is me and what is you? No, it's... I just... I don't know. This whole... I'm sorry. This whole episode is us just being like, what happened? But that's pretty much how I feel about it. Like, this is the first... Like, even with Rush, which we were a little... Like, or I was a little more up on Rush. You and Ben were a little more down on Rush. But, like, 
I get how that movie ends up in the two fifty because like it's a very well it is a done, technically movie. done movie. It's technically a very well, done, well movie. done movie with one at least one really great performance in it. This movie just happens to be done by Scorsese and DiCaprio, but it's so not great that it's really silly that it's in the two fifty. Like this is the first movie that I've legitimately been like, I don't like I'm I'm upset that it's in the 250. Like think of how many other movies we could be talking about right now. And this will come up with a couple other movies we do in the future, I'm sure, when we pick apart like some of the bottom of the 250. But this is one where it's just so clearly up there just because of who's involved and what the voting base for the IMDb is. Well, and I mean that's how you get like Interstellar's on there, even though Interstellar. Oh, we'll get not. to fucking Interstellar. <laughs> that's gonna be a four-hour-long episode where Jesus. all of our friends just take turns trashing it. Yeah. Heads up in advance, but uh, so I don't know. For me, it's just like especially because so as we've talked about before, we're super big horror movie fans. We love Halloween. Oh, we've been love looking horror forward movies. literally since the day we started this podcast, we were looking forward to doing a bunch of horror movies in October. You. And so when we watched this movie and I think of all the other amazing horror movies that we could be talking about right now, instead of that, that aren't on the two fifty, it's absurd, which is why we have bonus episodes. So we can give, some love to those movies because it's fucking silly that this movie's on the 250 and it qualifies as a horror. I don't think it's technically classified as a horror movie on IMDb, but look, that's the kind of movie it's trying to be. And it's just, God, I really didn't like this movie. I just really <laughs> did not like this movie. It upset me so much. Especially, it upset me so much that, like, we ended up having to pay for it twice on Amazon because our rental expired and through a a horror. Okay, fun anecdote time. We um, needed to record it. We needed to watch it so we could record this episode. And we went to Meyer because there was a an incident in my personal life which resulted in us no longer (laughs) having a Blu-ray player, and. We're looking around for Shutter Island. We're like, maybe we'll find it on DVD. So we went to Meyer at 1 in the morning one to try and find this morning. movie because we're like, we'll just, maybe we'll just buy it. So we look around Meyer and then I was like, you know what? I bet you they fucking have it on Blu-ray. Sure enough, they legitimately, had it on Legitimately, less than 30 seconds later, I look up to my left, top shelf. God damn, there is Shutter a Island. single copy of Shutter Island on Blu-ray sitting in front of like the L section. I was like, Kayla, <laughs> Kayla, fucking look at this bullshit. Also, Blu-ray players are like sixty-nine dollars minimum at Meyer, and we were we're actually getting the that. Blu-ray player back for like a as a loan. So oh it's god, gonna be, it's gonna be good. I'm excited to have. Oh it my back. god, this but, is uh... this got into really personal stuff very suddenly, <laughs> but like. It was just very upsetting to find it on Blu-ray and Meyer when we all we had was a DVD player. <laughs> yeah, so we rented it on Amazon, Ugh. and then Tyler fell asleep halfway through because, like, fucking why wouldn't he, honestly? I work a normal adult schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even. I honestly don't even blame you for falling asleep halfway through this movie. Also, you... yeah, this movie was fucking boring and upsetting. <laughs> yeah, so then the next day we come home, we're like, Ugh. all right, we gotta finish this movie. I wanted to give it a chance. I was like, you know what? I know there's a twist coming. I remember most of it, but we'll give it a shot, you know? So then we realized that the Amazon rental was expired and had to pay for it again and finish it. And I was honestly just like... Still disappointed? Yeah. Well, I wasn't really paying attention because I finished it the original time, so I was just flipping through Tinder. But, like... There's another snapshot to our personal lives. (laughs) Tinder. Stay tuned for our bonus episode podcast on our tinder adventures oh my god we're not doing that no we're not so um all right i don't really have anything else to say about this movie. fucking fuck this movie I honestly think pretty pretty well sorted out our feelings um at least wolf of wall street which is also a divisive movie but at least they that made a bunch of money so that shutter island was not the highest grossing scorsese movie of all time because that would be the most depressing thing on the planet Okay, not the most depressing, but it'd be pr- it'd <laughs> be a wise. bummer. It'd be a bummer relative to like other things on a mutual level. But yeah, so in closing, 
Sure. I honestly was so mad at this movie. I was so mad at this <laughs> I movie. Gather, yes, I gathered that. I didn't Jesus. really realize how angry you were I'm until this I'm very happened. angry about this movie. Like, there are so many good people involved. They're like, they couldn't even get the green screen to hold up. The music, none of it's an the original music, score. Okay, actually, no, I did want to touch on that. <sighs> the musical score for this movie is god-awful. It is so out of place. <sighs> it's like, duh. It's like the first two notes of Mad Max, but like on repeat throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's just, it's trying so hard to be like dramatic and artsy, but it's so bad. Like at the time, this movie suffered for being in the shadow of Inception, but even, even five years later when Kayla and I haven't watched Inception recently, this movie is a bummer. And there's, like, they can say whatever they want about why they moved this movie to February instead of the award season in October. It's because this movie was not good enough to win any awards, and so they knew it would clean up in October. So good on good on Paramount for moving it and cleaning up in the box office because this movie would have failed so literally, fucking hard yeah, in no, award literally season. Literally, the only reason that it was so successful box office wise was because nothing comes out in February. Do you know what its competition was? The Wolfman. I, oh my god. The I saw Anthony that. Hopkins. I saw Wolfman. that one. It's bad. Yeah, which was also <laughs> pushed back from like the previous year. Because both movies are not good, although that movie's even worse. Jesus, that's, oh my god. Alright, so. This is, oh my god. Alright, we're gonna wrap that up because before Tyler starts crying. (laughs) I hate this movie. I hate this movie so much. I hate this movie. Alright, so, um, we need to do stat or trivia first. We have to do our recommendations first. Oh god, okay, so. Um, I'm I, go jump off a bridge. <laughs> do not do that. Ugh. I had a really hard time coming up with a recommendation for this movie. Because you were so pissed about because, how yeah, bad this so movie was. So eventually I settled on Donnie Darko, which is... In the 250. Yeah, it's Richard Kelly. And it is a dark neo-noirish movie that features great performances from Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And briefly Drew Barrymore. And, yeah, so eventually we're going to get to that. It's a pretty cool movie. I recommend watching the director's cut because it makes the movie make a whole lot more sense. Uh, when we do the episode, we're going to watch both versions and compare. But if you're just going to watch one, watch the director's cut. Okay, and my recommendation this week, it is not neo-noirish, but it is, it's a, uh, a mind-bender of the sort that is actually worth watching and putting time into. Uh, coherence. It made a lot of. It had a lot of buzz when it came out last year, for being this really low budget indie sci fi movie that was truly fascinating. And I actually, I have two physical copies of it because I bought one from the video store that shall not be named. Shall not be named. Shall not be named. (laughs) And then I found a really nice, like, kind of deluxe edition copy of it at our at a local record store question mark and just wanted it and so i bought it but that is a mind bender that is actually worth your time it is not totally a horror movie shutter island is very very overtly more of a horror movie but it is absolutely worth checking out if you're into some uh some indie thoughtful sci-fi that is more about like the concept than I don't know. It's just, it's just good. It's just really good. Please check it out and don't watch Shutter Island ever. <laughs> just don't watch Shutter Island. Anyways, yeah. Kayla, your trivia for Shutter Island, the most boring movie. Okay, honestly, covered. okay, here's the thing. This movie is so boring that anytime I was like, so boring. I was like, oh my god, the trivia is like actually exciting. Tyler was like, no, we're gonna talk about that in the podcast. It's actually a conversation. Point. How the movie was moved back from from award season to yep. dumpuary. I was gonna, I was the gonna do year. the inconsistencies, but then I was like, nope, that's gonna come. Up. So anyway, so that came up because the they were poorly done. <laughs> even though I like the idea of inconsistencies. Yep. So here is the best. Gonna, Kayla, stop just, talking. Please let me keep ranting. Here is the best that I could do. <sighs> The title Shutter Island is an anagram of both truth and lies and truth slash denials. 
I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tyler, what's the That sounds like some bullshit the author came up with. <laughs> Anyways, no shots to the author. I have not read the book Shutter Island. I can only assume that it's... I am super it's... not inclined to. Yeah, I'm sorry that... Honestly, Martin Scorsese adopting... Ad- adapting your book should only be, like, a boon for your sales. I'm sure it was, but... God, I have no inclination to read your book, Mr. Dehane. Dehane, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Dehane. Yeah, anyway, stat. Our stat this week, we have talked before about how certain directors have more... have a large percentage of their uh, filmography on the... IMDb 250. We touched on it with uh, with uh, Tarantino. I'm pretty sure I mentioned Spielberg in the past. Well, uh, Scorsese has seven movies on a 250. The only people who have more Hitchcock, who has eight. Uh, Kubrick also has seven. Miyazaki has six. Kurosawa has six. Spielberg has six. Christopher Nolan has seven. But that just kind of shows off uh, by pointing out that. Scorsese has seven, including this piece of crap. It kind of shows off how the uh, IMDb is weighted in a way and has an audience in a certain manner that lend itself towards... uh, White crime dramas. White, Yeah, that's the basic way to put it. (laughs) White crime dramas to supporting certain directors. So not that... Hitchcock and Scorsese and Nolan aren't worth having a certain number of movies on there. But it's kind of fascinating how they're on there so often. And in certain cases, four movies that are totally not worth being on there. It, it's just... It's part of what makes the IMDb 250 so fascinating. is the cross-section that it captures of uh, American movie going. Yeah. That was yeah, Kayla. That was very upbeat. How you doing? All right. <laughs> I. This is our shortest episode in a while, partially because there's no guests, but also because fuck this movie. There's just like not like we can only say that we hated the movie so many times Ugh. before it becomes redundant. That's the so. thing. Like I guess I didn't totally hate it, but like it was just so disappointing that I can't help but just hate it. Yeah, I feel that. Oh man, happy happy October, everyone. This uh, is our favorite month, and this is how we let it off. Well, all right. So, yes. So, to be fair. I didn't know how much I'd hate it. I, no, we didn't a, know. I thought I'd like it. To be fair, next week we'll, we'll, yeah, next week we'll be back with Sean again, for real this time. To for do real the, this time. To do the movie Alien. Uh, we have several guests lined up mm-hmm. for the rest of the month. We will be attempting to record some bonus episodes. We will manage those bonus episodes. Yeah, so I don't happen. know how many we're going to have, but we definitely have one planned for just me and Tyler, one with Sean again, mm-hmm. one with Gabe, I think. Yes. Who's been on here, yep. probably. Um, a couple repeat guests. We're going to have a couple new guests in the future as well. Yeah, if you are listening and you know us personally and want to do a movie. Even if you don't know us, just have a conversation with us. Yeah, and you know honestly, what? If we hit it off, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Yeah, it will be a much more positive experience than this. I promise. I'm looking forward to talking about Alien with Sean next week. I'm looking about looking forward to talking about the guest with you. Oh my god, I'm so excited for our guest episode. Yeah, our first bonus episode is going to be the guest. And uh, spoiler stars. alert, we fucking love that movie <laughs> so, so much. It stars the beautiful Micah Monroe, who oh. is also in It Follows, which we also love because we talk about it in every other episode. Also, Dan a, Stevens. Dan Stevens, who went from being a dowdy British man and... Uh, whatever that British show is, to, like, Captain America crossed ba- Bradley Cooper. Just, ah. Uh, uh. Imagine if Chris Evans and Dan Stevens, uh, like, were on the same crime Oh, we're back at the Chris team. Evans corner. Let's steer away, away from the Chris Evans corner. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. Hard right. Hard right. But, yeah, anyway. we're looking forward to coming back in the next couple of weeks with movies. We ostensibly will, like, a little bit more on this one, but... God, uh, don't watch Shutter Island. Also, don't watch Jurassic World. Kayla, take us out. Uh, hi. So, uh, you can email us at let 
ltrfipod at gmail.com if you have any questions or suggestions or you really love Shutter Island and want to tell us how wrong we are. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Also have at mercy L- on your soul. You can find us on Twitter at ltrfipod. Uh, you can also follow us on Tumblr where we have all of our episodes. With super, show notes. Yes, and super fun like posters and just stuff we like reblog. That's uh, letttherightfilmsin.tumblr.com. We are available on iTunes and SoundCloud and all of your other favorite podcast apps. And yeah, so in closing, Jurassic World is a terrible movie and always will be. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. cameo by Kayla's cats. I was just having a moment because Phoebe peeked her head into the tent and was just like, hey guys, what's going on? And it was really cute and then they had to fight and ruin it. I'm assuming we're cutting that out. Uh, let me find my spot. Give me a second. I'm on the alien page. That's not the page I want to be on at all. So we're going to go ahead and flip that and we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and flip another page. We're going to just leave that right in there. Ah. Let me flip over to the page. I haven't been this recording this whole time. I'm just kidding. I'm oh my god! <laughs> no! I've been recording this whole time. Calm down. <laughs> That's for the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, you're fired. <laughs> because they're like, oh, it's Scorsese. And it, or Scorsese, Scorsese, oh, fuck. What happened to you not being a swear wolf? You've disgraced. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please stop recording now. I'll, st- I'll stop recording when I feel like it.